Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Normal with Autism podcast. Uh, It's episode three, and I'm Tara. And I'm Sarah. And we're so happy that you're listening and so um, glad that you came back to join us for episode three. Um, We are still in Columbus, Ohio, and sitting at my kitchen table. I do have my fall candle going again like I did um, before. It's not raining today. Last time it it's is, raining. But it's hot. True. I but don't, it's been hotter. True. I'm I, trying to look at this glass half full situation. I'm going to need you to help me out. I appreciate you. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll look at it that at least having my fall decorations out right now doesn't make me look crazy. True. So, um, I wanted to share with folks where they could come and find us if they're interested in kind of hanging out with us on some of the different social media platforms. So I am at Tara Star. That's T E R R A S T A R R 77. Where would you like people to find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, Sarah Sell, S A R A S E L L. It's private, but if I choose to accept you, you'll see lots of cool stuff about my kids and the books I'm reading and other stuff that you probably won't care about. But my kids are really cute. And she takes great pictures. Sarah's a photographer. Yes. And she also has a photography Instagram. I do. Sarah Self Photo. Yeah. There's also pictures of my kids on there too. And my cat. There's a lot of pictures of my cat. So come hang out with us on Instagram. Again, at TaraStar77. That's two R's for the star part. And then at Sarah Cell. And Sarah Cell Photo. And Sarah Cell Photo. Come find us over there. Um, so I thought we could introduce the rest of our families real quick today. Yeah. Cause we talked about Finn and Owen. Those are our kiddos with autism. And we talked a little bit about how it shows up differently in our family, um, versus your family. Yes. And this is, uh, if you meet one person with autism part two. Yeah. So do you want to introduce who else is in your family first? Yeah. So there's my husband, Matt. Um, we have been together for, how old am I? Um, for seven, 17 are. years. We've been together 17 <laughs> years. I'm 33 now. We met when I was 16. Yeah. Uh, we've been together for 17. We've been married for 14. Uh, we have a nine-year-old son, Caleb, who is adorable. Uh, and then we have Owen, our seven-year-old. And speaking of cats, we have... A one-year-old cat named Winston that we're all obsessed with. He is really cute. He is so cute. He can be crazy, but he's really cute. Yeah. So there's just the four of us in our little family, and it's all we can handle (laughs) most of the time. Everyone always asks us, like, oh, aren't you going to try for a girl? I'm like, you haven't met my son, obviously. Um, There's no way I could handle anymore. Could you imagine if Owen was a girl? No. No. No No. way. (laughs) We're having one more right now. No. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't, you know, love another child if something. Mm-hmm. Ha- I guess you never really know what will happen. Um, but yeah, things are, it's just the four of us and that is working out just fine. <laughs> and our story is really similar. So I have an older kiddo, Quentin. He actually was diagnosed with ADHD right around the time he was four or five. Um, and then Keith, my husband, we've been together 22 years this year. So we got married when I was five. (laughs) 
And uh, we also have, we have an animal, a dog, Ivy. She's uh, just a couple years old. She's brand new to the family. Um, so that's us. That's who's in, in our family too. What does your husband do for work? He's a project manager. Um, and we're not really sure what that I is. I don't know what that means. That's okay. <laughs> he works for a company that does like airfield lighting stuff. So he goes to different airports all the time and wow, gets to like have a maid make his bed and someone else nice. makes his lunch. My, I'm jealous. Keith does business analyst. Okay. So like project manager business. They, we don't know what that is. Yeah. It's something with numbers and computers and yeah. Yeah. It's something that stresses them out. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> that's right. Yes. They, and that's, that's okay. They get stressed and that's okay. We're here for them. Yeah. But they're great. Yeah. They're oh, both absolutely. great guys. Matt is um, the best dad. Mm-hmm. He's an awesome husband. Mm-hmm. He deals with all of our craziness. He deserves a medal. Mm-hmm. And he sure. builds you. He built a kitchen table. Yeah, he built us a kitchen table. And none of us are allowed to eat it because he's afraid we'll ruin it. I think. I think if you if we do get some listeners joining us on your Instagram, you need to post another picture of the kitchen yeah, table. Yeah, it is awesome because he did it without help, right? Yeah, he's one of those guys that can do anything. Yes, he's like, oh, I was looking at Pinterest and I was like, I. I would like a table like this. And he's like, oh, I can do that. And like went on the garage and like built a freaking table. Can we honor just for a second right there that he admitted to going on to Pinterest? Oh, yeah. To look. So listen, here's the thing. He is always <laughs> looking over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. All of these ideas. Yeah. And he is like, how many pins do you need? Right. Of projects for me to do. And I'm like, well, I have two boards going so far. So what, you know, which one do you want to look at first? He better catch up. I know. I know. But like, he tries to act like he doesn't love looking at all. He's like, oh God, we have to watch Fixer Upper. And I'm like, you want to watch Fixer Upper? Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to impress? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, a secret, secret world of Matt is he actually likes home decor. Fantastic. Things. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well... I thought today we could talk about labels. That was kind of an awkward transition. Yeah. But I thought we could just kind of jump right into it. Um, and this episode, I think, is really targeted at all you neurotypicals out there. And I'm a neurotypical, supposedly. I think you are as yes, well. Yes, I'm a neurotypical. Although the more time I spend with Owen, the more I find myself like kind of picking up right some of his like Things. behaviors yes. and like idiosyncrasies. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. The more I'm like, you know what? This place is overwhelming. Why are these people so loud? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want some noise canceling headphones. Yeah. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. If I wear headphones in public, no one will talk to me and it will be good for my introvert soul. I, I, yeah, I completely support that. And I follow that idea and I'm right there with you about picking up thin stuff because whenever we go out to a restaurant now, like if there's times that we're able to go eat out and there's too many people, I'm done with the place yeah. already. And I never, I never recognized myself being like that before yeah. I had to pay attention to what it was like for him. Yeah. It's like the more you start to pay attention to things for them, mm-hmm. the more you notice like, have, do I have a problem with this or is it right. just that 
they've kind of rubbed off on you. You're just more in tune than you were before. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is. All right. So labels. Uh, so I mentioned neurotypical. So this episode is really targeted for people outside of our community in terms of, you know, the autism community or um, in terms of special needs families, because labels get thrown around a lot. And, and the point of that is, again, we want to invite you to our world. I want to have you have a seat here at the kitchen table and kind of learn some of the lingo that we, we know yeah, and that we use quite regularly. And in the autism community, um, in, in general, there's a lot of labels. There is. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of debate going on which label you use. Do you use the person first? Do you say person with autism or Uh do you say autistic person? That's a good one. Yeah. And it's kind of confusing to know. And it just depends on the person on what they would rather Uh be referred to. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of lingo that you kind of have to learn. It's almost like we need our own dictionary a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes. What I've noticed, so I tend to follow some of the pages that are out there that are written by adults with autism Mm -hmm. and kind of the consensus that I've picked up on in my completely valid research that I've done is I've not, this is not really valid, (laughs) but in, in what I've noticed is that they tend to prefer autistic adult. Yes. Um, not adult with autism or -hmm. child with autism. It's autistic child, autistic adult. Um, And part of that is that they said that their autism is, it it is a part of who they are. It's not something separate that they can put away. It kind of defines their world, their reality, their lens. That makes sense. Um, I guess when I refer to Owen, I refer to him as my son with autism, not Mm -hmm. my autistic son. Mm -hmm. And I think because there is so much more to him, um, you know, he has mental health issues as well in autism. So autism is kind of like our catch all term for everything that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know why I say it that way, but I, I feel like autistic just has, when you say autistic, I feel like people just have this picture in their mind of what that is. Mm-hmm. And if I say per, my son has autism, mm-hmm. maybe it'll give me more of a chance to explain what it or looks break like. it down for him. Yeah, no, that I mean that makes sense, and that's I mean that's and, and we'll we'll talk about this in just a minute. But um, labels feel like they're a double edged sword, right? Most of the time, and let's talk about that in just in just a minute. But. Let me get to the the first labels that you commonly hear are neurotypical and neurodiverse. So neurotypical, there's, I looked up two um, versions of this definition, and one of it is one version of the definition of neurotypical, and what that means is it's usually a term used by autistics to describe non-autistics. And I kind of loved I kind of loved that one <laughs> to start with. I was like, yeah, that, that, you know, let's flip the tables there a little bit mm-hmm. and let's give the typical people a label and see what that's like. That's yeah. kind of what that felt like to me when I was reading it. Um, also. Oh, and it's also abbreviated a lot of times for NT. Yeah. We'll, you'll see that a lot. 
Um, but then when I looked it up in the Webster Dictionary, it said that a neurotypical was not affected by autism or developmental delay. And those definitions were felt so vastly different to me. Mm-hmm. So first we had the one that said it was describing non-autistic people, but then the one that was probably written by a neurotypical person said, we're saying neurotypical isn't affected by a developmental delay. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense in that, so Caleb has ADHD um, and anxiety. They kind of go hand in hand. ADHD almost always has a comorbid um, diagnosis along with it. So his is anxiety. Um, So he is not, he doesn't have autism, but he's not exactly neurotypical either. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, that makes sense. They mm-hmm. both make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like you can be neurodiverse without being autistic. Well, and neurodiversity says that it's a normal, natural variation in genes. And that makes sense to me. And there's a real, I think there's a real push in the autism community or the autistic community to push for using the term neurodiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because it tends to encompass a lot of different variations or a lot of different diagnoses. Um, but it also pays attention to the fact that there are 400 different genes linked to autism. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and that kind of starts to explain how your son with an autism diagnosis Mm -hmm. looks almost completely different from my son with an autism diagnosis. Yeah. And just how vast that is. Yeah. Well, it goes back to being a spectrum disorder. Right. You know, so the same way that they say autism spectrum disorder, I feel like gives it a a lot more um, opportunity to really dig deep into what those different you know, what the the different cases may be, Mm -hmm. whereas neurodiverse also kind of gives you that same Mm -hmm. opportunity Mm -hmm. to kind of look at all these different symptoms and how they manifest and everyone differently. Right. So I I like how they're broadening the term a bit. Mm -hmm. I agree. So um, I challenge each of you who might be listening to watch the film Neurotypical. Um, You can actually get it for free uh, on Amazon Prime. And I know lots of people who are Amazon Prime members. Um, Two-day shipping, you Hey. You got to have it. Hey. Um, that and, uh, yeah, and it's free, right? And it gets here quick. Right. Most times. But anyway, uh, Neurotypical is the film, and it was done, POV, Point of View, is a show on PBS, and they do different people's points of view, POV. Um, And this neurotypical film, it's like an hour long. Pull up your laptop, watch it. That's where um, they talk about the definition of neurotypical, what that means. Um, And they have autistic adults on there giving their perspective of of what that means for them. It's so cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I was able to watch the whole thing the other night, and it was nice it was nice to get that perspective from someone who is an autistic who can say those words that my son can't say yet. And it yeah. gives me maybe a little more insight into what's going on for him. Yeah. 
Um, so there's another debate um, in the special needs community about whether or not you should tell their child that they have autism. Yes, I've seen this one. So what do you think about that? So here's the thing. There are so many different areas to pay attention to mm-hmm. when your kiddo has autism. And you're focused on so many just like everything, like I, you guys don't know this, but before Sarah got here, before we got into the podcast tonight, I was doing haircutting practice with Finn and it's worn, it wore me out. I mean, I'm doing it for him. I, w- I want him to be comfortable getting a haircut. He used to be comfortable getting a haircut. He's not anymore. Haircuts um, are very, very difficult yes. for our kids. Yes. Something that seems like it would be so easy yeah. is a whole ordeal. And there's so many steps and skills involved. And And it's scary. You know, you have this big, loud clipper coming at your head. Right. You don't know what's happening. There's hair in your mouth. Like, I understand. Right. And so um, I want to have an opinion on whether or not you tell your child they have autism Mm -hmm. or they're autistic. And I'm not there yet. But one day I probably will. Yeah. But partly because he... He doesn't speak. He verbalize. Yeah. That's partly, you know, part of it. We're working on haircutting. Yeah. So I'm not to that debate yet. What about you? Um, Owen knows that he has autism. Um, For a long time, he told people he had activism. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's autism. And he's finally like getting that, that activism and autism are not the same thing. Um, He's kind of like an autism activist, though, so I don't know. (laughs) He is. He is. Um, But, yeah, he knows he has autism. He knows that things things are harder for him than they are for neurotypical Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And he knows that he's different, but it's not bad. Right. Um, He actually kind of loves having autism. Like, it makes him special. Um, For Autism Awareness Day, he loves to make videos. He pretends he has his YouTube channel. Um, like, my kids play YouTube. Like, do your kids do that? Like, it's so weird. But it's like, well, Quentin, Quentin's older. I was going to say, yeah, Quentin's older, so he missed that part of it. Yeah. yeah. Owen takes my phone. He's like, hey, guys, welcome to another Owen video. This is my channel. And I'm like, this is not your This is my Facebook page. Like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, it's this whole funny thing. So he made this video for Autism Day, and he was like, I'm going to tell you guys what it's like to have autism. I remember it's awesome. that. awesome. Yeah. If you don't have autism, your life is probably boring. And it was this whole big thing, and it was like... I love that he, like, autism makes him special. Yeah. And I love that he, like, embraces that. Yeah. He might not always, but for right now, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loves to tell people, he's mm-hmm. like, I have autism, and mm-hmm. I am so cool. And and you've given him the information appropriate for his age. Obviously, as he gets yeah. older, you're going to continue to right. give him more. Yeah, he kind of knows just the basics right now, just what he needs to know. He doesn't need to understand, you know, his specific brain chemistry right now. Right. So he has just enough to get him by, and yeah, he's doing well with it. Um, so talking about um, that, I challenge you to watch the film Neurotypical. You understand a little bit more about neurotypical and neurodiverse. Um Let's talk about two other labels, high-functioning and low-functioning. Yeah. You've heard of those. I have. We've, I've used them. Mm-hmm. I hear parents using it. I hear professionals using it. 
Um, so let's talk about high functioning for a minute. It's actually, when I looked it up, it was actually said that it's based on IQ. Um, that's the intelligence quotient. And IQ, that it's closer to normal range. So they're going to call the kiddo high functioning if the IQ is closer to normal range. And, interesting side note, it's not a medical terminology. Like, you're not going to flip open a book on autism. You're not going to flip open the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, where the autism diagnosis is located, the criteria for it. It's not going to say high-functioning or low-functioning. So this was born out of something, but it wasn't born in terms of, like, the medical community bringing these to the table. It's kind of a label. Where do you think it came from? Um, honestly, it probably came from parents in yeah. the community or from other, like, not... So, like, we kind of made this criteria. I, I would... That would, that would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, again, it's not something that, like, if you're going to study to be a doctor, if you're going to study to be a social worker, if you're going to study to be, you know... Uh, a psychiatrist, you're not learning these terms as like medical terminology. Yeah. These aren't going to show up in like notes that someone would write high functioning and low functioning. Right. So I'm, my guess is I'm, I'm assuming parents made it up. Um, low functioning, again, the IQ is what it's based on. So it's going to be a, an under, I guess, underperforming or borderline intellectually functioning kind of IQ. Mm -hmm. It's not as high. Um, and really in the DSM, again, there's no high functioning or low functioning. There's three levels, one to three to describe autism. And three is the most severe. So you will get a kid with a autism diagnosis level three is how it would be noted. And that would be the most severe, meaning they, they need the most support. They have the most impairments. Um, Here's why I don't think high-functioning and low-functioning really work as labels. It doesn't tell you anything about the autistic person. No. People make different assumptions based on what you say to them, like the different people I would be talking to. And, and let me kind of further break it down in that when you have a child with autism there are different skill sets that, that we tend to target in school, things like that. It, that's with a normal child as well, or a, a neurotypical child. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, Finn, he can match. He has been a, a matching kid from, from day one. And he can, so he, if you lay down letters, numbers, shapes, colors, he will match color. And like you give him like you put like black, red, yellow, you give him a card with black on it and you say match, he'll match it to black. He knows what he's doing, mm -hmm. but he can't take a shower by himself. Yeah. Right. So is he high functioning or is he low functioning? Right. Right. So those labels don't really tell us anything about the person, but yet I hear it. I hear it between parents. I hear it from, from professionals and we use it to almost like, a language and it, but it doesn't tell us anything and we end up making assumptions right. about the other person. So labels to me seem like a double-edged sword. And here's a good example of an autistic adult speaking on this. Her, her name's Judy Endow 
And you can find her at judyendow.com. That's E-N-D-O-W, judyendow.com. And she said this, in reality, high functioning and low functioning are not real labels. Having no definition, no skill sets, and no diagnostic criteria. Yet these words are often used to determine opportunities that will either be denied or extended to the autistic. And in assigning the correct amount of personal responsibility and blame to an autistic for the way autism plays out in his or her everyday life. Mm. So she's really kind of hitting the nail on the head in terms of if you use this label high functioning and the kiddo has a meltdown, you're going to be like, why'd they have a meltdown? They're high functioning. Right. They don't need as much support. They don't need as much help. What's wrong with them? Yeah. And if you use the term low functioning, well, they can't do that. XYZ skill because they're low functioning. So we really shouldn't expect that much from them. Right. Is what I'm taking away from what she's saying there. I like that. I think that that is a really good explanation. So I would say overall, stay away from those terms. Yeah, definitely. Um, And, you know, kind of like I said last time I was on, Owen, he's a level two. um, So that's in the moderate range. He's kind of right there in the middle um, looking at Owen, listening to him talk, he's very intelligent. Um, he says things that I don't know where he got them from, but he also, um, he has a pragmatic speech delay. So that means he has excellent vocabulary. He has excellent relay skills. He does not have great processing skills. Mm-hmm. So he kind of overcompensates with his vocabulary and it seems like he understands a lot more than he does. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking with Owen, if you're looking at Owen, you know, if you're meeting him for the first time, you would say, this kid's really high functioning or is this kid autistic? Right. But then, you know, like what you talked about, he can't dress himself. Mm-hmm. He can't brush his own teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't, he's just now getting to be able to spend time alone for the longest time, he didn't know what to do with himself. Right. So he's right. finally learning how to, like, entertain himself. Right. Um, so that term, high-functioning, I feel like if you say your kid is high-functioning, people think, oh, he has good autism. Yes. Like, people have told me that before. Yes. They're like, oh, but your kid's high-functioning. Like, you don't really have anything to worry about, right? Right. And I'm like, no, like, my son is... Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, there is no good autism. Right. Like, my son can have a meltdown and the right take kind, me out. Right. The right kind of autism. Right. Yeah. Like, he he's not a dangerous kid is what I'm – that when people say that, that's what I hear. Like, he's not going to act out or he's not a dangerous kid. Yeah. Or if he does, you can tell him to not do that and he won't do it. Right. But then I'm like – do I tell them about his most recent hospitalization where it took four nurses Mm -hmm. to hold him down Mm -hmm. and get him some Ativan Mm -hmm. and then put him in a padded room by himself because he was attacking kids at three times his size. Right. Like he looks a certain way. He looks normal quote unquote. I'm using my air quotes that you guys can't see. Yeah. Um, but he has autism. He has moderate autism. He has mental health issues what you see is not what you get with him. Right. And the more time you spend with him, the more you see that. But 
I hate when people are like, oh, he's high functioning. You have like, wait, why are you here? You have nothing to worry about. So you bring up with the, the hospitalization, you, you bring up kind of, again, this double-edged sword. Unfortunately, we almost need labels. Yes. Because our kids need access to help and yes. they need access to support and care. And they labels open doors. Absolutely. The minute Finn got his autism diagnosis, we were able to get into therapy more. We were able to get more doctors, more specialists, um, and all of these more funding, more, funding, more resources. Options. Yeah. All of these things opened because we had that label, because we had that diagnosis. And that's a tough that that's so tough to yeah. see it that way it actually it came up in my facebook memories today um he was diagnosed with autism exactly one year ago today okay so following he was hospitalized three times last year in february september and december so following his second hospitalization is when he finally got his autism diagnosis wow because they were able to look at his hospital records and say wow this kid is not doing well right let's go ahead and give him this diagnosis and then he was able to he did a two-week um, intense behavior therapy where they, he was in a padded room mm-hmm. with the person. Mm-hmm. There was a two-way mirror. I was behind the two-way mirror. Mm-hmm. There was a person in full pads mm-hmm. and they were making him do these things he did not want to do. Mm-hmm. He was hitting, biting, pulling their hair, scratching. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the two weeks, he could do this thing that he was supposed to be doing. Right. He wouldn't have been able to get that unless he had the autism diagnosis yeah or he he could but it made him it made it much easier for him to go ahead and get this therapy he needed right and it made a big difference right he was able to you know he finally figured out like i have to do this thing that mom wants me to do like she's going to make me do it i might as well get it done well not just that but he was able to develop life skills yeah you know these are life skills that kiddos are learning and they have all these obstacles you know, that make it difficult for them to learn. And he was able to do that. Yeah. I feel almost like the, the bigger question to me is, do we have to see the person disabled or broken in order for them to get help? In a perfect world? No. No. Yeah. But in a realistic world where there's only so much funding, so many providers, so many therapies available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like there's this undercurrent of, like, you have to be deserving of the help in order to get it. Yeah. And I wonder if that comes from the people in charge of giving the help are worried about uh, people abusing the system. or or And or are we really looking at a system that's completely under-resourced? I think it's definitely under-resourced. It's a huge issue. There's just not enough money to go around. Um, and even if there was, there's only so many providers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's insane. And, like, how do people afford these services they need? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things. Owen probably would be so much further along than he is now mm-hmm. if we were able to get him help sooner and if we were able to afford it. There's things that he needs that we can't afford. Right. And that's just the way it is right now. Right. Um, And it shouldn't have to come down to you being able to afford something to get your kid help. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, I could go on about this forever, um, but the whole mental health system, you know, speaking from the mental health side of Owen's diagnosis, uh, there's a lot to be desired there as far as... It's incredibly broken. Yeah. The whole system is incredibly broken. Yeah. So just to give you an example, um, in December, he was hospitalized for suicidal ideation. Um, Something happened at school. He got sent to the principal's office. Um, While he was there, he threatened to kill his principal. He had a whole plan of what he was going to do. Um, It was really scary. They called me at work and said, hey, you need to come get Owen. Um, He's in our office. He's destroying everything. He was flipping tables. So I get there to pick him up, and they're telling me this and this and this happened. He's suspended. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I look over, and he has the blind cord Mm -hmm. from the blinds in the principal's office wrapped Mm -hmm. around his neck. That's so, yeah. That's crazy. And he's screaming, I want to die. I don't want it. Like, he didn't want to do this anymore. We had to call the ambulance um, because he wasn't safe to be transported at that point. He went to Children's, spent a week and a half at Children's. Um, We got a bill because our insurance company refused it. We got a $15,000 bill because our insurance company refused to pay it because Children's is out of network. And I called and I said, what am I supposed to do? Like, they're the only ones that provide inpatient hospitalization. That would have been able to take For seven-year-olds. Right. Right. And he went by ambulance. Like, he had a blind cord around his neck. Like, it was an emergency. Right. (laughs) And they're like, well, OSU is who's a network. You should have gone to OSU. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he's seven. They would have sent you to children's. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're not covering this. I appealed. They denied it. Right. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. My seven-year-old was screaming he wanted to die. Right. He needed hospitalized. He was on suicide precautions. I'm like, you guys need to cover this. And they're like, no, we're not going to. And currently you're in the middle of more So, yeah, we're in the middle of appealing it. Children's has been awesome. They wrote off a ton of it. But Mm -hmm. it's not fair. Mm -hmm. They deserve that money. My son deserves to live. Mm -hmm. You deserve deserve the help. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. I pay my premium. Yeah. They have no problem cashing that check. Yeah. So it's just, it's really disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, that was a whole like side conversation, but that's just to give you an example of the kind of things we're dealing with. So in addition to all of these scary behaviors and literally trying so hard to keep my son alive, I also have to worry about how are we going to afford this? Right. How are we going to afford to keep him alive? And do you have the right label to get the right services? Right. That's, yeah. So we, we kind of have to land this plane. Um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. No, that was, <laughs> that's a great example. And I think we are going to do a whole episode on hospital stays um, and what that's like and, and trying to get the help that you need for your kid. So... You know, again, if you are a special needs family listening to this podcast, um, we understand the difficulties we have in these labels, how they serve us, how they limit us, how they serve our kids, how they can limit our kids. Um, and gosh, I, I hope one day we can get some 
more clarity around them. And I hope that whatever labels you have that kid, that the kiddos might have, um, I hope they're serving you. I hope they're serving your kids and not limiting them. And if they're not, then fight. Yeah. Fight for it. Yeah. And for people who are listening, um, who aren't special needs families, thanks for taking the time to learn today a little bit about these different labels that we have to deal with in our community and how they can serve to kind of, um, limit our kids, um, and our loved ones, how they can serve our kids and our loved ones, get them the help that they need. Um, and I hope you guys, um, come back and I'm praying for peace and for, um, clarity and for love for all the rest of you guys out there for this uh, week coming up. No matter Um, what your label is. Yeah. Thanks for listening again. We love you guys and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon.